Are you longing for real life change and lasting impact? At More to Be, we believe that is possible through a fresh account of God and His Word. I'm Lisa Pulliam, the founder of More to Be and host of the More to Be podcast. I'm here to help you think biblically and live transformed, to be more like Jesus as you seek to join God in His work every day. So on today's episode, I have uh, a topic for us that may seem a little out of the ordinary for what we do with More to Be, but in the, the context of thinking biblically and living transformed, one of the areas that I find people come to me on and they struggle about is how much to charge for their services or their speaking or their writing or their uh, curriculum, their coaching when they're a Christian and some of what they're doing is in ministry. And so this is a question that my friend and co-host of the podcast, Kaylee Kelch, had brought to me recently. And I thought, you know what? Why don't we talk about this on the podcast? Because she is not the only one with these questions. So Kaylee, why don't you kind of set it up for us? Like, what is the heart of your question? And then I'll, I'll jump into some thoughts on that. Okay, so what kind of started it is that um, I work at a Christian boarding school, and we have put together a worship program here, and it's a class that we teach the students how to lead in worship, and we teach them the music side of things, and then the biblical portion of of who we're worshiping and why we worship and how we go about that leading a congregation. So it's been eight years in the making, um, and you know a lot of writing has gone into it, and kind of lesson plans and overviews of how to put this kind of program in place. And recently, um, my coworker and I had the privilege to present at a teachers' convention, and. So, you know, here we're meeting with other educators who are excited about what we're doing and who are like, we want resources, we want resources. <laughs> and before we had gone, both of us had talked and we really had struggled with, okay, do we charge for this or we just want to get the material out there? We're excited. We're passionate about teaching kids how to lead in worship. And we want to see other schools or churches kind of put this into place and to engage youth in this process. Um, so we want it out there. So then that leads to the like, oh, free resources. Here you go. Like, go implement. Mm -hmm. And yet then the other side of it, we're like, I mean, we have put a lot into this. And I mean, you know, you get into the whole intellectual property side. Like this is us you know, putting everything on paper and supplying it. So like then we also feel like there we have the ability to charge something. Um, mm -hmm. And if they were purchasing a chemistry curriculum, they would certainly be paying the publishers for that. So, but it's this crossover that it's, it's ministry and it's church ministry and yet it is education. So that was kind of my question to you. It was like, okay, so what do we do? Do we charge for this um, or not? Yeah. And I, I love that example and how you said, but if it was chemistry curriculum, we would charge for it. Right. And so I do think there's this kind of inherent philosophy of if it's Christian, you don't charge. Mm -hmm. And and there's an expectation from believers that and churches and organizations that when you're working with individuals that you should be able to get it for free because that's serving, you know, right. and it's serving with me and my fingers in quotes. Right. That somehow serving God means doing it for free. Right. Uh, it, it's, a, it's a major, major problem. And I first 
started grappling with it when I became a speaker. Mm-hmm. And in their early years, especially before I was asked to speak outside of my own church, um, it was how, do, how much do I charge? What do I set as an honor? Right. So thankfully, I um, had some really experienced contacts at contacts, and I emailed them and I said, what do I do? And the speaker gave me a copy of her contract. I was like, wow, you have a mm. contract and the terms and the expectations and how much her standard honorarium is and how to right. factor an honorarium for speaking. And I, I was, I was really uncomfortable. Honestly, I was mm-hmm. uncomfortable with it because I thought, well, this is my gift. Can I charge for the use of my gift? Right. And, and then what people started saying to me early on was that your time is valuable and anything that you're pouring mm-hmm. out for other people to use means you're not pouring out in another area of your life. So if sure. you show up as a speaker, for example, it's an easy example, and you don't just show up and speak three hours for a one-day event. You have spent 40 hours prepping for those three hours of messages. Mm-hmm. And those 40 hours then require um, a sacrifice of your employment time or a sacrifice of your family time. So it, in the early years, did I have to hire a babysitter in order to have time to prep? Did I, did I have to order a pizza because I didn't have time to fix dinner? Did I um, have to go someplace to get information to do my research? How did it cost me time and money in an out-of-pocket expense? But then also that time devoted in that direction means not working like for somebody mm-hmm. else to pay you, not, not taking on more clients or not having a part-time job. And so in your case... The, the time you guys have spent preparing this curriculum over the years was a passion, so probably right. didn't feel like work, but it also took away from maybe doing a second part-time job. Oh, it's very true. Right? I mean, you, you have deeply invested your time over the years, and you have brought um, uh, expertise to bear on it. So mm-hmm. there's that kind of component of like getting your brain around the fact that my time is valuable and... And therefore, I need to be compensated to be continued to be able to do this. Mm-hmm. But that wasn't enough for me to believe I should charge, especially okay. when it comes to speaking. Uh, what happened was about a year and a half ago, I got this email out of the blue from a gal that was intending on having me keynote a leadership conference that was just mm-hmm. starting. And I had put the date out on my calendar. I had, you know, shared it on my ministry website. And I, I knew I wasn't going to be earning anything. It was when, when you're asked to be a speaker, at, sometimes at major events or church events, they say, well, it's exposure for your ministry to grow. And, and that doesn't, you know, that's supposed to compensate for the fact that you, you're not getting paid. Or you'll make sales at your book table, that sort of stuff. They, mm-hmm. they, they try to tell you this will compensate for it. So I, and I, I don't mind doing that. Uh, I, I especially don't mind doing it local. Like I, right. God has impressed upon my heart that my local ministry is where I get to use my gifts and talents as the body of Christ. But anything that requires me to go beyond a point of contact with people I'm familiar with or um, travel and you mm-hmm. know have to leave home, then that becomes another factor. So all that to say that um, ex- that invitation when this gal emailed me back she said 
our conference has decided to go in another direction. We no longer need you as a speaker. Wow. And I was literally, Kaylee, like, I felt rejected. I felt crushed. I, and I was angry and I was frustrated. And I, I said, Lord, what on earth? And I, I did not have a contract with them Mm -hmm. because I sometimes hate using contracts. And so I ended up seeking the Lord and going, um, into the scriptures and the Lord brought me into second Corinthians. And I saw some examples from Paul that changed my entire perspective on Christians working and money. Okay. So if you go to second Corinthians, uh, chapter two, Mm -hmm. uh, Paul, you know, Paul is talking to the church at Corinth here, and I'm just going to pick up uh, verse nine. I'm going to, I'm going to pick up different pieces throughout because I have a whole guide called the message bearer manifesto with all the scriptures from second Mm -hmm. Corinthians that came together. But so I'm just going to touch on a couple of them and then we'll include it as a download. Okay. So, um, I wrote to, to you as I did to test you and see if you would fully comply with my instructions. When you forgive this man, I forgive him too. And when I forgive whatever needs to be forgiven, I do so with Christ's authority uh, for you, for your benefit so that Satan will not outsmart us for we are familiar with his evil schemes. And so, uh, you know, out of context seems a little strange, but I just wanted to read that as the, uh, Verses prior to the one I want to focus on right now. So verse 12, Paul continues and says, When I came to the city of Troas to preach the good news of Christ, the Lord opened a door of opportunity for me. But I had no peace of mind because my dear brother Titus hadn't yet arrived with report from you. So I said goodbye and went on to Macedonia to find him. And as I started reading that, I thought, oh, my word. So God gives us choices. There are Mm -hmm. doors of opportunities that will open for us. But Paul had no peace of mind. God expects our human reasoning to kick into gear in making a decision and that it is okay to say no to a door of opportunity. I've, I've been doing a whole like kind of study on the will of God and knowing and like how to make decisions and has read some books because I mean, I, I know this is a little bit off topic, but I get that question so much from teenagers because, you know, as they're going to college and launching and all this stuff. So Mm -hmm. I completely agree with you. My findings have been more that, I mean, God gives us a mind to think and to make decisions. And he wants us to exercise that because he hasn't made us to be a robot that says, well, this is the only way to go. Right. Um, Okay. Keep going. Sorry. So no, 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 that's great. I'm glad that there's confirmation on that because I think that this applies for um, any 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 situation that we are presented with an opportunity, writing, mm-hmm. speaking, teaching, a new job, a new location, a new ministry. In your case, the what do I do with this curriculum? That's an opportunity. And then the question right. is, do you have a peace of mind about doing that? And if you're unsettled, what are the reasons? Is it fear? Is it insecurity? Is it that you're not sure that you are worth what you want to charge? Um, is it, you know, what is undermining the peace of mind? Uh, or is it just a plain old, uh, there's a conviction in my spirit. This is not a business endeavor I want to move forward in. And you may not be able to explain it, but there's that, the Holy yeah. Spirit at work conviction. So then Paul continues, uh, on talking about us being made, uh, captives, uh, to continue to lead us along in Christ's triumphal procession. He spreads us our, our job 
Now he uses us to spread the knowledge of Christ everywhere like a sweet perfume. So whether we are being paid for what we're doing or not, mm-hmm. there, there's an inherent responsibility to spread the knowledge of Christ everywhere like a sweet perfume. Our lives are like a Christ-like fragrance rising up to God. Uh, and so to those, he continues on verse 16, to those who are perishing, we are a dreadful smell of death and we are doomed. But to those who are being saved, we are a life-giving perfume. And who is adequate for such a task as this? Verse 17, you see, we are not like the many hucksters who preach for personal profit. We preach the word of God with sincerity and with Christ's authority, knowing that God is watching us. Mm-hmm. And so I think as a speaker or as a messenger of the gospel, um, the messenger of good news, however that is framed, we have to ask ourselves the question, uh, what is the motive of our heart? Is there a desire for personal profit? Or is there a desire for, I want to cover the ministry expenses. I, this is my salary that I need. Mm -hmm. And, and so this is how much, you know, is reasonable and not excessive and, and come under accountability of somebody else. Maybe, maybe somebody who tends to be um, a little bit more loose and somebody who tends to be a little bit tighter with their spending and find the middle ground of what you feel like is reasonable. So we go from, are we being a huckster? Are we not being a huckster? Are we preaching the word of God with sincerity? So what is, mm-hmm. the, what is the state of our heart knowing that God is watching us? And so if, if God plopped down in that chair across from you and said, Kaylee, how much are you charging for this curriculum? Could you in good conscience look at him and say, well, I think that if I charge this much, it's reasonable. Yeah. And, and one of the ways to figure out reasonable is maybe go with minimum wage and, and take minimum wage and times it by your um, hours invested and, and come up with a number that way. Um, another way to do it, like say um, my husband um, is a Christian school teacher and at some point in our transition to the new school, uh, we had come across a private school in Texas that publishes their um, how much they pay their teachers, and mm-hmm. it, it had it was a complete scale based on number of years and number of degrees. Mm-hmm. And so, the more degrees that you had, the higher you got paid. They came up with a rubric that said, "This is what we consider as sure. fair," and that is their pay scale. There's you can easily do that as a writer, as a speaker, as a ministry leader, somebody running an organization. It's like what is the secular equivalent to this? And do I feel like in good conscience that's fair? And so that you, you come up with your rate based on that amount. Um, well, and honestly, like I was, as you were talking before about having a contract for you as a speaker, honestly, that also though helps just to clarify things so that there isn't the hard feelings I feel like between churches sometimes, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because I know, you know, we've had speakers come in for a week of prayer or some kind of program where they're here to speak and and we provide an honorarium. But, you know, there have been times where then they will submit receipts for other stuff that we had no idea. You'd be like, wait, you're submitting that, you know? And so, you know, it, it leaves them the like okay, so now we need to pay or work it out with them. And it, it, you know, it's always that challenge of maybe then 
what do you do or the hard feelings because we haven't been as clear, but I think as Christians, then we do the tiptoe step of like, okay, well, I don't want to ask, or I don't know about this. And so we're just going to wait and see what happens. Yeah. But then when you wait and see what happens, then people can get even more kind of hurt in the process. Oh yeah, absolutely. In the contract that I use and it's been modified over the years, uh, you know, I specify whether or not there's ground transportation, air transportation, right. the coverage of meals up to how much per meal, the type of hotel room and, and what is expected in that. And then I've become very forthright in, in, in talking with um, whoever I'm working it out with, like, what's your budget? What are your expectations? Yeah. Like if, if we can use a message I've already taught many times before, it's less preparation so therefore, I can maybe come down in the budget because it's mm -hmm. less hours of commitment on my part. And you can't, I think that's the godly way to approach it in that yeah. you know where you stand, you know your boundary lines, and then you're able to come alongside those who, who need your gifts and talents and say, okay, this is, this is the window in which I can work in. Mm -hmm. And there's such a good collaboration that can happen at that point. Well, and the other thing that I was thinking about as I was, you know, kind of wrestling with this is that there's an aspect too that I think people, when they have to pay something for it, they put more value and stock into it. Yes. Versus just like, oh, well, I can get all this free stuff off the internet or from you or from whoever, and you know, you go to those conferences and everybody's just grabbing all the free stuff off the tables yes. or like, let me sign up for all this stuff. Do they really place value in it? Does it all go in the trash later on, you know, or do they just share it with everybody? Whatever. So I think there's an aspect of that, too, that that when you are putting some monetary figure on it, that you're yeah. putting some value into that person or the message or the materials that are being received. Yes. And again, like you were saying, it's not not going overboard then and being like, well, I can charge whatever I want. And I think yeah. that's the whole accountability to God and to the church at large and to yes. fellow believers. But yeah, that there's, there's a balance to it and it's not wrong to be like, oh, well, everything has to be free because we're all on the same team. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, uh, Paul talks often throughout second Corinthians of being providing for those mm -hmm. who are providing for you and, mm -hmm. and giving, giving food, giving housing, giving, um, of, of your pocket, you know, change or more to those who are bringing the good news. And like, I don't think anybody would say that a pastor of a church should not be paid. And sure. yet we know that there are small churches where that pastor happens to also be working a full-time job and serves yeah. as the janitor and is also preaching on Sunday mornings. And so I think that that is noble and awesome of that particular individual. But if we look at what Paul says should be done, I, I, you know, which is God's word and Paul is the messenger of his word, mm -hmm. I think that uh, that pastors should be provided for financially and that right. they shouldn't have to live less than their congregants just because they're serving the Lord in that way. And I think that, I mean, maybe if we went back and looked at church history, it may not just be a current cultural thought pattern, but, you mm -hmm. know, monks left everything. They left all their worldly possessions to serve God. And mm -hmm. so I do think that there's that tension point of, but if you're really spiritual and really <laughs> eternally focused, you don't need anything earthly to provide uh, 
to, you know, to, to provide for yourself. You should be able to do without. <laughs> right. Um, so, uh, in chapter nine, um, he talks about, remember this, I'm uh, picking up at verse six, uh, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must each decide in your heart how much to give and don't give reluctantly or response to pressure for God loves a person who gives cheerfully and God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. So there is a biblical model of, mm-hmm. of being generous and sharing. And when you're on the end of figuring out how much you're going to charge, I think it's also just as fair to say, God, would you please bring people into my life who will be excessively generous with me so that I can excessively be generous with those who come to me who are in need? Mm-hmm. So one of my prayers since last year has been, God, please fund the ministry so that when requests come my way, I can just say yes. And, right. and maybe, you know, how that funding looks is going to be different and change from person to person, situation to situation. So I, I know many women um, who are in situations where their husbands have a very good job. The mm-hmm. income is, is more than sufficient and they're able to do ministry full time and not earn a dime because right. their husband's job is funding the ministry. Uh, but I know just as many women who would love to be in that situation. And ultimately there isn't that extra income. And so they do like what I have done with more to be. I sell downloads. I sell courses to cover the cost of operating the ministry, which is between 500 to $800 a month. And people are like, what, how could it be that much? And I'm like, well, you forget how much websites and everything else costs websites and, and, uh, plugins and host fees and email lists. Like at my last speaking event, I said, I'm going to add you all to my email list, but if you're not going to read it, please unsubscribe because you cost me money, you know? (laughs) And so you may not, if you can't afford to give to the ministry, don't take, just don't take from the ministry unless you're going to use it. You know, that was kind of my, and they're like, what? It costs for me to be on your email list. And unless you operate Unless you're in charge of an operations of any kind, you don't understand how much it costs to run it. Yeah. And so when we moved from the boarding school to our house, this is the funniest, my my middle Abby, she's like, all those years we lived at, at the boarding school and you kept on saying, turn off the lights, turn off the lights. I never understood why. But now that she could see the electric bill... She runs around uh-huh. the house turning off the lights because she recognizes that electric bill means not a college tuition money. Like yeah. she sees a direct correlation between those things that she never saw because she never saw the bill. And I think that is so true for us when we're mm-hmm. interacting with other people. We want something for free. We don't see what's gone into them being right. able to provide that service. Well, I think some of that then is just the the education process of of, I mean, you don't want to be like, oh, well, yeah, all this, all this costs money. And yet there is a piece of like letting people know how much goes into it Mm -hmm. so that it isn't just, yeah, gimme, gimme. It's like, oh, well, wait a second. And I think, I mean, you, you kind of brought up the example with Abby. That's kind of when you're raising your children and they don't, it's just, oh, well, I want this or I want that. And it's a teaching process of, 
well, you know, mommy and daddy only have this much money and we have a budget and it's like, you can't just run out and get all that or like the lights and we save in different aspects. Um, so yeah, I think it's, it goes back to teaching sometimes then. Right. And, and we do that, right. I'm very transparent with my kids. I mean, they, they have sat down and looked at our budget. They know where every dime is coming from and how it's all going out. And, and they're much more gracious and thoughtful about spending oh, yeah. than I ever was. Right. And Same. so that's that's the hope is that they become stewards alongside us. Okay, so um, that continuing that uh, chapter 9, uh, the scriptures say, They share freely and give generously to their poor. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. And so giving is one of those deeds. Mm-hmm. Uh, for God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. In the same way, he will provide and increase your resources, then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. And so I think as somebody who is charging for services or products, um, that that needs to be a check and balance. Like mm-hmm. God is the one that provides and we can ask him to increase our resources and as the harvest of that comes, that harvest of generosity, uh, we need to exercise that generosity as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a there's that direct correlation. And then verse 11, you will be enriched in every way so you can always be generous. Mm-hmm. And, and that's where that motive of the heart, like if you're having trouble figuring out how much to charge, ask yourself the question, what do I want to do with the income I receive? Right. Um, and so it continues. And when we take your gifts to those who need them, they will thank God. So two good things will result from this ministry of giving. The needs of believers in Jerusalem will be met and they will joyfully express their thanks to God. As a result of your ministry, they will give glory to God for your generosity to them and to all believers will prove that you are obedient to the good news of Christ. And they will pray for you with deep affection because of the overflowing grace God has given to you. Thank God for this gift too wonderful for words. And so, you know, I think in the sense of how, how we can provide for those who are using their gifts in, Mm -hmm. in work slash ministry is to be as generous to them as we can possibly be. While the mm-hmm. person who is receiving whatever that income it is that God has provided um, is to steward that income with as much generosity as possible. Yeah. So, so if the if the concept is I receive to give, uh, it keeps both hearts in in a good place, and I, I do think brings joy and multiplies. God, God's work, like what he's trying to accomplish in our lives. And so I, um, the way I now look at, at it since last spring, uh, is that I see what I do as missional work. Mm -hmm. It's, it's work that I get paid for. This is my full-time job and I write and I speak and I coach and I teach and I do all these things. I get paid for all these things. Uh, and I'm doing it under that banner of Christ. I'm doing it to spread the good news. And God is providing for me through these various ways that I go about doing it. And so I don't necessarily, like when I create my courses, for example, that uh, on the more to be course website, I don't look at what other people are charging for those courses. I, I look and say, 
what can the people who would benefit from this course be able to afford? Mm. And, and find a median range. And then I, I, from there, I say, okay, God, is that amount of income coming in through that stream enough to sustain the ministry and the salary that I need in order to continue to do this and still pay our bills? And, right. and so that, that's how I've come up with that. And then I pray about that often. And sometimes people will see I change prices. And sometimes those mm-hmm. prices go up when things are a little tight. And sometimes right. those prices come down when I see that there's, uh, my needs have been met. And, and, you know, the challenge when any of us charge for something is the judgment of like, well, that's not a need. That's a want. We all have yeah. different mm-hmm. perspectives. So based on everything I said, how do you feel like this maybe applies to you in thinking about charging for the worship curriculum? Um, I think it was really helpful. And I think it solidifies that I, I really feel like we aren't out of line to charge something. And I mean, we've said like the price we picked and we're not, there's no stretch of the imagination. Are we ever going to get rich off of this? Like we we're just putting a small price, more of a, okay, you guys value this enough and recognize all the years that we put into it. And mm-hmm. now we're sharing it with you. And so I feel like we have, um, struck the balance and just, it helped to hear you going through some of these scriptures that there is a balance to it. And I hadn't thought about those pieces, but I do think we've, we've managed that in what we've initially talked about. So yeah, yeah, I, I feel good about it. Good, 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 good. There, there's one more passage that I want to, um, hit on as we close on this and I'm yeah. trying to find it. Where is it? Second Corinthians four. Ah, here it is. Um, this, I mean, I think this is really important just kind of as a closing accountability for us and what mm-hmm. we're doing. Second uh, uh, Corinthians chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. Therefore, since God in his mercy has given us this new way, we never give up. We reject all shameful deeds and underhanded methods. We don't try to trick anyone or distort the word of God. We tell the truth before God and all who are honest know this. And so, uh, you know, that's just that extra accountability when we're thinking about how we want to charge is to be completely above reproach. Like this isn't, we're not tricking, we're not doing a bait and switch. We're not doing, um, you know, I tried at one point to think about doing what's called a click funnel in the industry and, you know, here's this, so get this and then you can get that and get this and get that. And I had the worst tech trying to set it up and I finally sat there with the Lord. I'm like, why is this not working? And he's like, does this resonate with the way you want to go about doing your missional work? And I said, no. He said, and the Lord whispered in my heart, would you use this? And I said, I hate this. He said, then don't, then stop. And I was like, all right, I don't have to do it that way. And so I think that is very true for us in any professional setting, any situation in which we're earning money is mm-hmm. to say, well, this would be the world's way. Uh, what in it resonates with the character and the heart of God and his word? Apply that. If it doesn't, don't do it that way. Do it right. the way God is convicting you and leading you to do it. And and if it's hard to figure out what does that look like, um, I said to a a client yesterday who is a new coach and she's trying to figure out how much to charge. Mm 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and so one of the things that we talked about was, well, how much did it cost her to become a trained coach? Mm-hmm. So how much does she need to earn back to cover her expenses, which is similar to your situation with creating the worship curriculum. Sure. Um, and then she has a gift of mercy. Like that's her, her biggest gift set. And so if she hears a need, she just wants to meet it. And, and I That's said, me too. I know, I know it's a really big challenge. And I said, okay, then create a mercy budget line item mm. where you are taking out of your income each month, X amount of dollars. And that goes into your mercy line item. And so when that need comes your way, be accountable, pray about it, bring it before the Lord. And if he says, this is the person that gets the mercy yeah. line, then, then you give it to them for free. Or for, like you said earlier, it's always good to pay for something to have that investment into it that, you know, you, you charge a third of the price of what sure. you're able to do. And not everybody is in a position to do that. And not everybody is bent that way either. And so I have to say, Lord, um, where do you want me to be generous? How do you want sure. me to give? What do you want me to tie this income to, but also tie the above in the widow's mm-hmm. mind kind of perspective? All right. So uh, hopefully we tackled this well enough. Yeah. If, uh, if our listeners, girls, guys, if you're listening, if you have any questions about this, don't hesitate to drop me a, a message. And on the post for this podcast, we will include the Message Bearer man- Manifesto, which has all of the scripture verses that um, God gave me as I was reading through 2 Corinthians for how to conduct my life as a speaker and a writer and as a coach. And you could easily, I don't use those words through the manifesto, so you can easily apply it to any kind of message bearing of any kind. All right. Well, Kaylee, will you close us in prayer today? Sure. Dear Jesus, thank you so much for this time that we've been able to spend together and to just dig into your word, looking at a topic of, um, you know, how to manage our finances and, and also, you know, the work that you've given us and the ability to charge for the gifts that you have bestowed upon us. So we just ask that you would uh, give us all wisdom as we navigate this, that we would be generous in our time and our talents, and that we would ultimately look to you for um, compensation for the work that we do. We thank you so much for your love for us, and we ask that you would just walk with us. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us today on the More to Be podcast. We pray that you've experienced a fresh encounter with God and His Word during your time with us. Be sure to visit moretobe.com slash podcast for show notes and downloadable resources. May you continue to think biblically and live transformed to be more like Jesus as you seek to join God in His work every day.